the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Welcome to The Art of Significance with your host, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, university professor, gold record songwriter, and award-winning athlete, Dan Clark. Get ready for engaging discussions with some of the most influential people in the world who will impart their wisdom, stories, and inspiration on why and how to achieve the level beyond success. Now here's your host, Dan Clark. How are you? Welcome back to my show. You know, as I was talking to my guests preparing for today, our second guest, which you don't want to miss, Ken Futch, a really dear friend of mine, old-time friend, he said, so are you broadcasting live or how is the format of your show? What is the format of your show? And I said, well, yeah, proudly, we, we air it live on Tuesdays right now, as you know. But then it's rebroadcast during the week many times as we get in the rotation with the other wonderful hosts here on the Influencers Channel. And <coughs> excuse me, that accommodates every time zone change, as you know. But it's also found on demand as a podcast. We know that. But I bring that up because it's interesting how I'm trying my very, very best. And you can't try to do anything. You either kiss her goodnight or you don't. You either turn on the light or you don't. You don't try to shake my hand. You either do it or you don't. So that was a bad word choice. But what I'm doing is talking about things and issues and topics that are relevant so that if you catch them later on in the week or catch them in two months from now on demand as a podcast, they're still relevant in your life. And so today we could talk about the protests going on in the National Football League that are causing controversy around the country and further dividing our country. We could talk about North Korea and what's going on in the unstable side of, of, of the world over in the South Pacific, if you will, Southeast Asia more specifically. But we have talked to generals in the past, John, I mean, uh, Don Alston, General Don Alston, dear friend and an expert, and we'll continue to do that. But what I wanted to do today <clears throat> is divide the two-hour program, <clears throat> excuse me, exactly in half where we focus in on why certain individuals rise to the top. Why when you put two individuals on the side of an Olympic swimming pool and they have the same size, the same height, the same weight, the same muscle mass, the same number of hours practicing in the pool, and they dive in and race against each other, one wins and one does not. I want to talk about why someone can walk into a room full of people, a crowded, packed room, and everyone stops and says, who is she? What does she do? My first guess, we're going to discuss this it factor. She has it. He has it. Or he doesn't. And I'm going to explore, can we actually learn it? Can we be trained? Can it be taught? Or is it inherent in each of us? Again, when you buy something and take it back, has it lost value? Well, what if it's a classic car? What if it's an antique? Absolutely not. 
Let's take our conversation a little further. Two men walk into the same car dealership on the exact same day, and both of these men purchase the exact same car, the exact same automobile, the exact same vehicle with the exact same accessories tricked up exactly the same way, and they have paid exactly the same amount of money right to the penny, and each of them drive the car off the automobile dealer's lot, and three years later, each of these men, both of them, show up to the car dealership on the exact same day and turn in their car for a trade-in. The question is, are both automobiles, three years later, worth exactly the same amount of money? Remember, the two men purchased them for the exact same amount of money three years before, but now three years later, when they turn them back to the car dealership on the exact same day, obviously you'll understand that no, they are not valued at the exact same value. One is worth more than the other. Question. What causes the difference? Where is the differential? Obviously, the answer is they're different and they're valued at a different price based on how they were treated. Keep that in mind as we investigate and explore the idea that individuals, certain individuals in our world apparently have been tapped out for a reason that they've been given some inherent abilities and talents that make them stand out in every crowd. The question, though, is how many who have been tapped out are really doing something with their extraordinary talent, their extraordinary inherent abilities? Before we go to break, which is a quick break this time, I want to just paint another picture. Currently, one out of 20,000 college basketball players ever makes it into the National Basketball Association to play professional basketball. Only one out of 20,000 men's college basketball players make it into the NBA. Yet, there are playgrounds in every one of our communities across the world, packed full of young men who possess enough talent and ability to be playing professional basketball. Why aren't they in the NBA? What happened along the way? Apparently, they were tapped out with extraordinary leaping ability. They were tapped out with extraordinary eye-hand coordination and dexterity and flexibility where they can dribble, or as we call it in the NBA, have an extraordinary handle on the ball. Guys like Steph Curry... Guys like Kyrie Irving, guys who are so extraordinary in their ball handling skills that some of us could spend hours and hours and days, maybe thousands of hours in a gym doing the exact same drills and practicing exactly like Curry and and Irving have done and still never achieve that same level of ball handling skill. Hopefully you're with me. Because what I want to talk about with my two guests today are multiple issues, one of which is my belief that things happen for a reason, but it's our responsibility to determine what that reason is. So if you happen to believe that you have an inherent singing ability, what are you going to do about it? 
if you're a parent and you understand that parenting is about preparing our children for a world they recognize and by by treating them to reality the reality is if there are nine job applicants and only one uh, job opportunity who's going to get the job the loser the person who has not pushed him or herself to to their ultimate capacity and potential as a human being remember if you're not training and pushing yourself to your ultimate capacity and potential as a human being someone else somewhere else is and when you meet him he will win when you meet her she will win so those of us who feel like we have been tapped out that we have an extraordinary talent in some aspect of our lives my question to the listeners today is have you mr so and so have you miss so and so done everything in your power to develop that talent and use the platform that you have created or that you have been given to better the world to make it a safer place to make it a kinder reality to make it a place where each of us believes that yes we do have dreams for sale so we leave each other saying i like me best when i'm with you i want to see you again you've heard me say that before but i'll say it time and time again for the rest of the years that i'm on the air here on the influencers channel so to plant the seed and to prime the pump let me just talk a little bit about my first guest coming up. Her name is Linda Septian. We've been dear, dear family friends and professional colleagues and friends for many, many years. Linda is a music artist, a development professional with 25 plus years of experience whose success is measured by the number of successful pop icons she's prepared and helped launch into thriving careers in the entertainment world so let me interrupt if you're a parent and your child has some amazing ability what are you willing to do how are you going to sacrifice to help that child develop that talent and become everything that she was born to be everything that he was born to be you know i've said it many times we become the average of the five people we associate with the most which means we must be willing to pay any price and travel any distance to associate with extraordinary human beings and linda septian is one of the most extraordinary human beings on the planet beautiful inside and out linda is the authority on all phases of an artist's career and has more than 16,000 students to her legacy one of my daughters being one of them including branded icons demi lovato selena gomez and casey musgraves in fact we're going to talk about how far back linda really goes with people like beyonce jessica simpson um uh ryan cabrera i think he 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 scratched and sniffed around her studio a little bit down there in dallas texas anyway don't go anywhere. Linda is one of the, the most intriguing human beings on our planet, and she's going to spend some serious time with me on this show discussing this it factor. How do you know if you have it? And again, can you learn it? Can you teach it? Can you train it? Or do you either have it or not? And if you do, what are you supposed to do with it? to better someone's life and to bring joy and happiness and entertainment to the world. 
This is Dan Clark, VoiceAmerica.com, the Influencers Channel. Let's go to a commercial break. Again, do not go anywhere. We're back in a moment with Linda Septian. the stories be motivated be inspired join us today voice america influencers i just got out of a meeting where the unbelievable dan clark was the keynote speaker he is clearly the most interesting man in the world he's been into space he reminded us to think bigger He's a primary contributor to those chicken soup books, and he inspired all of us to make our lives matter. He taught us how to deal with change like he had to when he had to recover from a paralyzing football injury. Everybody needs to hear his message on leadership and safety and how he turns last place NFL teams into Super Bowl champions. Call this number, 1-800-676-1121, and visit danclark.com. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America Business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. Back with my first guest, Linda Septian. We go back so far, and the part that ticks me off the most, my friend, is that you don't age, and now I'm old. I bend over to pull up my socks, and I think, what else can I accomplish while I'm way down here? <laughs> oh, I age. <laughs> yeah, well, the brokenhearted part of this is it's a radio show, and you're one of the more beautiful human beings on our planet, so everybody needs to visualize this drop-dead gorgeous blonde bombshell who uh, is talented beyond belief. Yes, please Linda, visualize Linda, Linda, that. Linda, you're so funny. <laughs> 
So I want to start back in the back in the day. You know, Linda has left Kids Pop Bop to launch her own brand kids group for the growing push of family entertainment for festivals, theme parks, and conventions. Linda was featured on ABC's Nightline and as regular entertainment insider on Kid Craddock in the morning at KISS FM, ABC, NBC, and Fox affiliates. She's appeared on VH1B and the Music, MTV, A&E, Discover, Oxygen, and MySpace Corporate, her patented SEG boot camp, which I'm very familiar with. Her training method was identified in the New York Times bestseller, The Talent Code, where Linda was recognized as one of the top five talent coaches in the world among athletic and music coaches. And as I said before the break, she's responsible for, 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 for finding, for nurturing, for teaching and branding icons such as Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez, Casey Musgraves, and all the way back to Beyonce and uh, Jessica Simpson. Linda, 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 let's talk. Tell us about you. When did you discover your ability to sing? Well, I think, I mean, I'm from a musical uh, parent, so I didn't really, don't think I had a choice. This was our real job. So I don't know that uh, we just always were in music all the time. I mean, that's what we did. So when I went to college, I majored in music, (laughs) especially voice and voice therapy and, you know, puberty kids. And I just kind of focused on on singers because they made me happy. And so when, how far back did you begin teaching vocal uh, performance and vocal lessons? Actually, not until I was in college. Um, you know, they require you to. And so I was, my junior year of college, I started teaching um, young students. Feel sorry for them. I was probably no good at all. And uh-huh. I just taught what other people taught me, which I have now come to realize that Teachers just teach what someone else taught, but never really understood probably the medical uh, idea of what you really can do with your voice. And if you understand the medical um, larynx and how it works, oh my gosh, you can do super, super cool things. And so I went more that direction in understanding how to do that with the ornamentation of the voice, how to make a commercial sound rather than classical, and how to do it with finesse and branding and that's what we focus on the most so you started you 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 you, um, studied vocal performance classically trained but then you started uh, pursuing additional uh, education so you could learn about what you were talking about from the medical side of, of of singing well what happened was that i was um in italy singing and I thought I was a diva by that point, just thought I was amazing singing classical music, came back to Nashville and thought, well, you know what, I'm just going to sing a country uh, album because I'm sure I'm that good. And I started singing and uh, shocked everybody in the production room, and I thought, oh my gosh, they love my voice. And I said, you know, how'd I do? And they looked at me and said, that totally sucked. And so I went, what? And um, and I said, I bet I'm, you know, a singer and I can do this and that. And they said, no, you have no understanding. This is in 1984. You have no understanding of how to sing, how to feel, how to engage an audience, how to emote what you're doing, how to use your voice to tell a story. I mean, two hours later, they finished cutting me down. And I said, oh, my gosh, I don't even know what you're talking about. 
also because in classical music we just sing what you know what was written by Puccini. I didn't know we could do it ourselves and create our own things, so our own brand. So I took two years off and I studied what they meant, and I never intended to get in this business. I just thought, you know, I'm just going to study and see all the different things that because everybody says belt voice, it's going to hurt your voice, but that's what we speak in. So I thought, well, if it hurts your voice, I guess we shouldn't be speaking either. So I went to medical conventions every year. I still do because I learn something every year about the larynx because now they have stroboscopes and all kinds of stuff that help see our cords and what it does when we do different things to it. So I did that, and I realized just how far I could take a voice, puberty voices, adult voices, and that's what I do now. So I form all these scales, you know, based on if somebody wants the scat, if somebody wants a country sound, if somebody wants uh, any kind of genre. And that's what I went into a really pretty deeply. And, and we didn't, again, I didn't have some hairy old business plan. It just, we taught what we did. And then we went into social media and branding a little bit more. And all of these artists came out of our studio now. So it's been fun. So, <clears throat> I played football for 13 years. I played football, basketball, and baseball. And I'm convinced, yeah. Linda, that we have never seen the greatest quarterback or the greatest shooting guard or the greatest baseball pitcher who ever lived because somewhere in their youth, they had the wrong coach who ripped their heart out, who discouraged them, who had no clue how to teach them the fundamentals. And so, they they became so discouraged so quickly not being able to hit the ball or not being able to catch it or throw it or shoot it or whatever the case may be, and they quit. So here's my question. There are so many individuals out there who feel like they're qualified to hang up their shingle and say, I'm a vocal teacher. What are parents, what are we supposed to be leery of? What do we need to look for? What are the key ingredients in, in, in baking this extraordinary cake and that leads to how you've accomplished so much and why you're considered a, a, the, the, the top of your profession an icon. What things do we need to look at as far as credentials in a vocal teacher so that he or she doesn't wreck our voices or he or she can actually help us use their, our voices as the instruments that they are? That's a thank you for asking that question because that's a great question. And there are two different kinds of vocal coaches, teachers, um, and vocal coaches can help you in a lot of ways uh, with stage presence and design of style um, because each style has its own particular types of riffs and ways to edge the chords. But uh, a true teacher should know for sure to, you, you want to any parent or any adult out there when they're looking at a vocal teacher, they need to make sure that they understand the parts of the vocal cord, and a lot of them don't. They don't even understand the larynx. They don't even understand that water doesn't... You can just ask this. This is a great question. How does water affect your vocal cords at all? And the answer would be no. And how long does it take for water to get to affect even your body to help you sing the next day? And that would be 24 hours. So you have to sing, you have to start drinking 24 hours before because no food 
touches your cords at any time. It affects your cords but doesn't touch. And just knowing that makes a big difference in how you train. But other things, just understanding CT muscles, TA muscles, what they all do, the belt, the head, the vocales, all the different parts of 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 the instrument itself, we can't see that instrument. So we have to study it and we have to know by age, what goes on at least a group of ages. Uh, and just like a guitar, we can look at that guitar and we can see what's happening, but we can't with a vocal instrument. But the cool thing is it's no different uh, than anything else as far as uh, the law of physics. Um, it's just the difference is, you know, God made our instrument and a man made the guitar, you know. So we have to go by the law of physics. We have to. We can't do it any other way. If you do your, you know, you're damaging your throat at any point. And you only have about four hours a day on your cords before you damage them. So you have to do it correctly as much as possible so that when you're in on stage, you can do more to them. You're going to damage them a little on stage because you're shouting, you're engaging audiences, and that's okay because you've earned the right to do that by singing correctly the rest of the time. So in choosing a teacher... Um, you just want to make sure, first of all, certainly ask them where they've trained. They don't have to train in colleges, but there are training courses all over the world of excellent teachers that train. I mean, there are many, many different training facilities for, for the education of pop voice and commercial voices and classical. We just don't teach classical. But the that would be my best answer is to ask where they trained. Uh, and that would help tremendously. When we hire here, we have 30 voice teachers. And when we hire here, we I ask them that. I have them sing. I ask them different things of what they would do if this person did this, this, this. And what would they do medically speaking? And if they don't give me the right answer, I either train them or, you know, just not hire them for what we do. Wow. So let's just talk for a moment. <clears throat> is it truth or is it bunk when someone says, oh, I have a sore throat, sip honey and lemon juice? Does it work <laughs> or does it not work? Because what you said, I, I think I know the answer, but I want it to come from you, the expert. Um, you know, a lot of people ask that, though, and what it does, of course, it doesn't touch your cords, so it doesn't make any difference, but when you have a sore throat, and if it soothes your throat and eases it, then I would do it, just like we have to still drink water on stage, even though it's not hitting our cords, uh, we still have to drink water because our mouth dries out, so if it if it soothes you, I mean, fats, fatty foods really help a singer right before because it does coat. There are ways that it really uh, does help. And, of course, you've heard the, the whole milk, any kind of dairy is really bad. And that is absolutely a fact because it does create mucus. The mucus does slide in and out, and it is very tough to sing on. So 24, 48 hours before, you don't want to do that. But the lemon and the, uh, you know, I know with Demi I always used... Um, I used uh, Tabasco and ginger and honey, and she loved it. I mean, she said it, she, it was a lifesaver for her all the time. Um, mm. She just said it made her clear out her throat and all the mucus around it because she had it a lot. So that's what 
That's what we used with ours. So, I mean, different people have different bodies also. Obviously, they're made up differently, so you kind of have to know their body and what type they are in order to give them the appropriate thing that will help them energy-wise. But cord-wise, there's not a whole lot you can do the day of. If if your horse, your cords are swollen, so you're basically, you know, screwed if your cords are, are, are swollen. Um, yeah. It's a hard issue. So every day I wake up and I'm just screwed. What a drag that is. <laughs> anyway, you reminded me, no dairy before you, you sing or before you speak as a professional speaker. I was speaking at the World Dairy Expo in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm at the head table. There's 800 farmers in the room. And as they're introduced to me, I chug some milk and I start choking. And my opening line was, when cows laugh, does milk come out of their nose too? <laughs> and obviously they thought I was the funniest city slicker they'd ever met and they kept bringing me back year after year <laughs> so um, let's talk so if, if I'm a parent and you're the expert and I sense that my daughter again I want to ask you about stage parents because I bet you have some some horror stories that are more comical and worse than some of the first auditions we used to see on American Idol when these folks would come in and they had gestures and facial expressions and they hit about every ninth note and dogs were howling down the street from the audition and cats were jumping off buildings and didn't want to land on their feet. They're like, this is a suicide mission. This is the worst singer I've ever heard in my life. So do you feel, I know you're a a woman of extraordinary ethics, do you feel obligated when a parent drags his or her kid into your studio, into your office, into your operation, and they they are stage dads, they're stage moms, and they say, you make her the next Beyonce, I just know she can sing. Do you feel it's a moral obligation to somehow tactfully say, you know what, you, you're, you're fooling yourself? How do you deal with a situation like that? I'm sure you've had some. You know what? It's actually really easy because most of the parents, uh, for, for us, by the time they get here anyway, most of the parents are, uh, the kids are dragging them here because they really want to sing. They enjoy it. These are little entertainer kids. They, they're those it kids that just say, I just got to be on stage. I just got to be on stage. And those are those little entertainers. You just can't hold them back. But we do have parents, of course, that say, I think she's really talented. And, and of course, I always tell them what, what you know, and that is talent's not enough. Work ethic is number one. And also now three hours a day of coming to work in social media is now your number two. And then we get to actually have a product to sell. Um, but it doesn't really matter about the product anymore. In today's time, it's more about branding. But to answer your question, when they do come in and ask, you know, how is my, what's my daughter uh, compared to others, or I think they're the best, uh, can you make them a star? My first answer is no, I can't. Even Universal let go 2,000 people last year, so no, I can't make them a star. And if I could, I would be charging a whole lot of money. So it, I can't do that. But what I can do is give them an assessment of where they could go. And as I work with them and discover their work ethic, we can give them the tools. We can also give them the contacts. We can, you know, put them in front of Sony if they're that good. But, but the, the essence of really calming down a parent who may perceive their child as better than maybe they are, I just bring another child in their age or younger 
and say, let me show you what she's competing against because we have 400 artists here. So, well, we have, around the world we have a lot more, but just in Dallas we have 400. And so they come in and they sing for um, the parents and then it's perfect because they go, got it. She's got a long way to go. And I'd say, well, yeah, but, I mean, these kids weren't good when they started either. So it's not like she can't do it. It's just if she doesn't do it, she won't even be as good as this person who will be good even better in a year. So it's pretty easy to show them the mark of excellence of where they have to get to because the bar is high now with the onset of karaoke and all kinds of ways that you can improve your voice just by getting a track off of YouTube, it is much different. You don't have to play for yourself anymore. You don't have to do all the things that, you know, we had to do growing up. Unfortunately, there's good and bad of that, but it does give them the ability to practice more. And so these kids get good fast, but the competition is now, you know, a lot tougher. Of course, we just love music. So whether that there's a there's more, um, Dan, there's more jobs in music than there is in makeup. So it's not just about being a singer. We train all kinds of ways, from songwriting to you know stage presence, certainly, and uh, many other things. The branding of a mu- music artist too. So it's really not. We we have very few stage presence, uh, stage parents. It's really weird that we don't. Um, or maybe we do, and we just cut them off at the, at the pass. I don't know. You're so funny. You know, I don't know if it was a if it was a, a Freudian slip, but I, I I really tuned in when you said we have 400 artists here. You know, I've been around your studio and your in your life for so many years, and I've watched how you've treated everyone as if they are the most important person who ever walks in your door. You have that extraordinary ability. But you remind me of Disney. You know, when they train their employees, they're not employees or workers. They're cast members. And when they yeah. come to Disneyland or a Disney property, they are putting on a show, and we are guests. So just the fact that you actually treat and and call your students artists, I think that's an extraordinary uh, point that I really wanted our listeners to understand, that that's really what happens. So how young can you can you really start teaching someone at what age can you actually help a young girl or a young boy start to develop their musical singing ability? Uh, it depends on how mature they are, of course, and um, work ethic again, because some of them don't have the patience for 30 minutes of solid training. And so we have to kind of evaluate that, but we start uh, start them as early as six or seven, uh, just because rhythm is really the toughest situation for young kids and older kids and adults. Uh, people sometimes just don't understand rhythm and all the different rhythms of every genre. So we really explain to them and have them beat um, while they're singing, just beat out rhythms. But I, and, I, and I will tell you, this is so important. It's the only sport in the world, and singing is a sport, it's the only sport in the world that uses both left and right brain. At the same time. So while you're having to do rhythms and memorize words, you're also having to engage, entertain, and remember pitch. So it's very, very difficult. And on stage, you have to move. So now you've got to move. You've got to remember choreography, time gestures, um, your branding of who you are, and you're in a costume. And so all of that has to go together in a lesson. So what we do is we take um, something that's rhythmic, like um, a huge gym ball and they have to bounce that ball at the same time as singing. It's 
very difficult for them because they don't, the brain doesn't want to do that at the same time. And we have to combine that because on stage, that's the most important thing to automate everything. And the only thing that's not automated is the engagement of the audience because you don't know the audience yet and what the stage banter is for that audience. And those are the things that are tougher. And But that's what we do. We just have to, all day long, that's all I do is train them on all these different things and techniques to be able to come together both left and right brain. And that's basically what the talent code really talked about is the practice makes permanent. If you practice wrong, you're going to have to go back and do it all over again. And it's, it doesn't help. It doesn't help anything that we're doing as far as progressing to that artist mentality. And they do have to picture themselves as an artist. They do. Because if they can't see it or believe it, they can't be it. So we, we, we have to project that constantly in their head. If you were in front of an audience right now and you saw 500 people or two people, like if you're in a label, two people looking at you, what are you going to look like? What are you thinking at this point? We project it. So we almost brainwash it so that by the time that artist is in front of someone, they feel like, feel as if they've already been there. Well, this is Dan Clark, VoiceAmerica.com, the Influencers Channel. My guest is, and she'll come back after a commercial break, Linda Septian. And she's a music artist development professional with 25 plus years of experience whose success is measured by the number of successful pop icons she's prepared and helped launch into thriving careers. She has literally taught and molded over 16,000 student artists. What a legacy. Let's go to commercial break and come back with Linda, who's going to ask answer questions of when some of these extraordinary superstars walked into your into your office, into your operation, into your studio. Did you know right off the bat that Demi Lovato was a star, that Selena Gomez was a star, that Casey Musgraves was a star? And I want to know what made them stand out and why did they make it when so many others have not. Dan Clark, back in a moment. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Life is complicated and sometimes we all need a little help, but don't have the time for a full hour-long session or don't know who to turn to. That's where BetterHelp comes into play. With BetterHelp, I can get matched with one of over 2,500 licensed and approved counselors and therapists and get help anytime, anywhere, totally private. For a flat weekly fee starting at $35, I can connect with my counselor via text, chat, video conference, or phone, which is great for me because I'm always on the go. And I can go back to previous sessions whenever I want 
want through my secure account from anywhere in the world. It's a great feeling to know that help is there, affordable, private, and convenient to my schedule. We all can use a little help. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash VA health and register for free. You can try it for seven days without being charged on your credit card and get matched with a licensed counselor usually within 24 hours. Get better help today at betterhelp.com forward slash VA health. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. If you're an event meeting planner like me, you have two ongoing challenges. You can't afford to have a speaker who bombs. And when you do have an amazing speaker, who in the world do you bring into next year's meeting that will top them? Well, you never have to worry again. Book Dan Clark. Dan Clark is one of the most incredible human beings on the planet. He's been named one of the top 10 speakers in the world. He's known for customizing his speech around your meeting theme. So your people leave with benefits that last a lifetime. Here's the number, 1-800-676-1121. Or just visit danclark.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. And I've been interviewing and shooting the bull with my dear friend, Linda Septian. Linda, I know you don't know this, but that guitar intro, instead of paying a licensing fee, I went back to my very first album. That's me on the guitar in 1982 Uh when I could actually move my fingers. Can you believe it? Wow, that's that's great. (laughs) That's so funny. I've shared that with so many of the songwriters I've had on my show, and they they have the same reaction that you did. Really, Clark? You know, yeah, I thought I was Eddie Van Halen back in the day, but it, you know, never panned out. Anyway, so I'm sure everybody wants to know. So what's the difference between a national karaoke champion who sings the same notes of the same song and a Celine Dion who performs the song, and as you taught my daughter and t- teach every one of your artists to make the song their own, to find their own voice, which is one of the toughest assignments that you're the very best in the world at. So, specifically, who are some of the young women that have, or young men who have come through your studio as young artists, as you call them, that immediately stood out that you knew had the it factor and sure enough they did well one of our it's an interesting question because that it factor probably came from a lot of work before they in other words the it might not have been a pre it (laughs) it might have been a post it so it's it depends on how much work they've done all that time, and then they come in, and we just think we've discovered somebody, but the poor person has been, you know, in 10 years of, of lessons and working or, or on stage, so we never know. I never know exactly uh, what all they've done. Demi, when I got her, she had already been in Barney. She'd already been with a few things with Disney, so when she walked in, her smile is so infectious that um, she just, you know, 
turns your heart. And, and she's, she was so cute all the time. You know, she's, she's just a clever, fun little kid. And, you know, at 11 years old, um, I, I would say she has the it factor because of the following reasons. One of them is that her mind is very clever. And she would walk in always uh, saying, watch this, Linda. I can do this. I can do that. And I have an old film of her because I'm on a uh, deal with her um, a series that she's about to put out. But anyway, I, I was watching all these old videos, and she was good at 11. She was killer. She's as good as she is now, then. And I, because she had been taking dance all that time, she had been taking acting, though, by the time she got to me. So I would say she was very much an it factor, and all I did was create the brand of her voice. And she um, worked, though. She worked, and she wouldn't songwrite, though. I'll tell you a little bit. She would not songwrite. She said, I am not songwriting. I said, you have to. You're never going to get paid unless you're in publishing. You've got to songwrite, Demi. She said, I have nothing to songwrite about. And I said, tell me a story that this weekend, so at 11 years old or 12 by that time, she says, okay, my, um, this weekend I went to the mall and I bought makeup. And she said, Linda, I literally went bankrupt on makeup. <laughs> and that was her first song. So we wrote a song, Bankrupt on Makeup. <laughs> and she got affected because then her next story was, I got in a huge argument and fight with my mother, too. And then I went away, and her thoughts got into my head. She said these key phrases, and I went, oh, wow, gosh. there's your second song. So then, of course, after that, she wrote all her songs, and she's amazing. But, you know, it it's Jessica was more of... Jessica uh, just, Simpson. Simpson, yeah, it was just striking. When she walked in... Um, her her presence. She is such a beautiful girl that her presence alone fills a room up. Just to you know, people stare at her. She's just striking. But we have artists that are certainly not um, that that striking. But their appeal is just some infectious thing of personality that everybody is looking at them. The little band um, Why Don't We that just came out with. Um, the influencers, Logan Paul, and he. We have a little guy, Zach Heron, is one of our artists, and he was just in a room, and ABC came to interview us for something, and I had to have an artist, and so I went to that artist, and I said, uh, he was back there in the one of the teachers' rooms. He was twelve years old. I said, Hey, I need you. Can you sing? And he had braces on and everything else, and he he said, Oh, okay. So he comes, and we put him on ABC. He sang Stitches after that, and then after that, everybody in the world called us for that kid. So you never know what happens. And he even says, I don't even feel like I deserve this. But something about him people love, and that you never know you know, what exactly that is. Um, Beyonce, she just, out of, when they, she was with Destiny's Child, she just was the center of attention. I mean, she was going to demand it. And her voice was, of course, amazing, but she just, she would never lose eye contact with me. When I was teaching her, she never, ever took her eyes off of me. That's interesting to me when mm. someone does that. Did she, drive, did she drive from Houston just to have you teach her, Beyonce? Yeah, or? she was here in Dallas, yeah. <clears throat> but they were performing a lot. 
Like they mm-hmm. were performing for the Mavericks and I mean all kinds of stuff. They were just really getting started. It was many years ago and she's probably one of the best artists in the world to me. And if you see her in her videos or anything, even the Jennifer Hudson deal that she did, oh my gosh. She owns stages. She just owns it. It's my example of stage presence. When you see her in that recent video, that's stage presence. She owns her body, everything about it, from um, uh, tightness of the arms to the fingers. She owns it. Nothing. Can you flopped. teach? Could you put a room full of young female artists and on a big screen and say, okay, let's dissect what Beyonce is doing, just like you're describing right now? And do you think you could teach someone that if they were willing to put in the work ethic that you're so famous for? Absolutely. We do it three hours every Monday. Three hours, all these poor, poor artists have to sit in a room and we do nothing but drill them. Do you understand? This is what it's floppy. You know, you can sing well, but look at my body. My body's not going with my scat. My body's not going with, we're just standing there. So your body has to do the same thing your voice is doing. And that's emotion. Um, emotion excites emotion. So if my motion is good, my emotions of the audience come through. So we have to get them to use that same voice in their body style. And that's what we do. And they they see themselves. Of course, we video everything, and they go, you're right. That doesn't look good. No, it doesn't. And so we just they. I don't have to teach much. All I have to do is show it to them. Modern technology has allowed me to kind of sit back and go, look at it yourself. You'll see it. And they go, yeah, but what do I do? So we, we do require everyone to dance. Our dancers are the best. Our dancers are the best stage presence in the world. Wow. Uh, because they can pop and lock their bodies. They look like they've been on tour forever, just like McCall. She had great stage presence because Damn. she'd been a dancer. So she could lock and pop. She could do time gestures. She'd hit it hard. And they look like they've been on tour forever. You know, it's just even if they've only been in voice two weeks, the dancers look good. Absolutely. So as we wind down our time together, I want you to have enough time to describe exactly what the Linda Septian method is. So if I'm a parent and you have, it's, I mean, your boot camps are serious. McCall, our daughter, she has become an extraordinary piano player because of the six-month uh, boot camp experience, if you will, the intensive training that you that you gave her in Dallas, even though we would come down to Dallas every month for three or four days and you would teach her vocal lessons and stage presence, but you were more than that, Linda. You were a you were you were like an aunt. You were like a surrogate mother. You were you were so extraordinary in in all the the, the character development issues of a star. And I just want to, you know, say that publicly and I say it privately every time I see you, my friend. But what? Thank you. But but McCall also learned how to play the guitar. You forced her to become that creative songwriter, teaming up with your amazing, extraordinary son that we want to interview on another one of my shows soon. Tell tell Remington I'm going to track him down. I love him like my own son. But Thank you. you 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 took this. You take everyone, and you took my daughter, and you taught her. Uh, every aspect of vocal performance, but the performance was with the capital P because you expected her to 
to dabble and 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 understand every aspect, including sound engineering, going into the studio. Okay, okay, you know Remington. Okay, he teaches her. Okay, this is what you do. This is what you push in the button. This is the kind of microphone. This is. It was such an extraordinary experience. I want you to take a moment and just brag on your Septian Studios there in Arlington that are not only world famous, but I want you to explain to our listeners every aspect of what you teach and how we buy these packages. Is it a six-week commitment? Is it a 12-month commitment? What can we do? Just kind of take us through what, what happens when we walk in the first day and what what aspects and every phase of the entertainment world do you do you focus in on? Well, it, it did, we're in, in Dallas, not Arlington. I'd love to be in Arlington, but oh, I thought um, you were in Arlington. Thinking did, of the did, Cowboys. I know, but didn't, where where did I come to your new studio? I thought that was in Arlington. You can tell I'm not Rand McNally. I'm sorry, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. No. You know what, um, Dan? The again, it de- it does depend on the artist, but the the different things that we qualify and offer are. Um, there we have all kinds of levels of groups that we do because we also have just a gig program that we get people paid gigs all over the world. I mean that if they're good enough, uh, our professional we have a professional booking agent that is our partner, and um, and we've had to also add um, acting because it's such a business now of singers acting, not act, sing, actors singing, but singers acting. So now we have added that. We're partnering with Disney. We have, um, I, of course, work for Fremantle, which is American Idol, America's Got Talent. And I filter artists in that because each artist has a different um, path. Uh, but when they walk in this office, we interview them. We do an hour and a half evaluation, unless they're just coming in and just saying, you know what, just want to take guitar lessons, don't talk to me, then we can do that too. But the difference in our guitar lessons, our instrumental lessons, is that we don't teach just to play. We teach to play as a singer or as an artist on stage so that you have to have stage presence from the very beginning. So we train without reading notes at first, just train chords, train learning how to perform within six weeks because the beauty of music, I mean, I have a number of degrees in music, certainly, and one in piano, so I understand theory, but quite honestly, it didn't do me a whole lot of good to perform. What I needed to do was just brand it, feel it, enjoy it, and sing with it, and I missed that. I can play Tchaikovsky beautifully, but what good is that going to do me unless I'm with the symphony? or trying to entertain someone and be impressive, but I, I can't, you know, I don't use it. And, and so what's so cool is to learn how to use things, like you said, to entertain, to be able, even if you're at a camp, just to pull out a guitar and make people happy and enjoy. So we train very fast track on stage presence of guitar, piano, and then we also have a whole songwriting club now. They come in and they... Uh, right every week, and then we have, of course, uh, our different vocal levels. So we have groups that they can join. We have a touring group called the Gigabytes. They're little kids that tour everywhere. They'll probably be on a couple of things that you'll see. And we have Microchicks, and they're little girls. And we have all these different. Uh, they learn to harmonize. We have an acapella group that's 
that goes around to all the corporate events, and they get paid more than I do. It's amazing. So they get to join different opportunities because if you're not going to gig and get out there in front of people that are that get used to those eyes staring at you, you're not going to make it. So our whole focus is on gig, 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 gigs, you know, and making sure they're out there, even if it's a coffee shop, whatever it is, we'll do it, we'll take it. And uh, and then the better you get, of course, you get paid for it. But um, but they can buy any kind of packages. Our it it just depends if they're going to be on contract or if they're going to buy individual. And we have to formulate that for each each little artist or what each parent is demanding or thinking or wanting. Our schedules, they're still in school. A lot of our artists are homeschooled because they want to do this for a living, so they're here with us, you know, 12 to 15 hours a week. But others, you know, want to come one hour a week and be in school and be in football. So we have that also. And, it, and again, it's just that evaluation process. So how do people get a hold of you? How do we join your tribe? How do we how do we find out about your boot camps and your your performances? It's it's always exciting for me when I'm around back in the day and even now where I see that you promote your artists, you know, at the at the House of Blues or you always bring them into some of the coolest event uh venues in all of Dallas. So how do we how do we find out about that? How do we get on your mailing list? How do we join your tribe? And more importantly, how do we contact you so that we as corporate event planners can hire your talent to come and enhance a, 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 a an event or, you know, hire artists just to come and open up for someone or to be the headliner. Teach us. Well first of all, thank you for that plug. I appreciate it. But the um, the main way is of course, we just have info at the Septian Group, um, and they. And that's, we also that's spelled, have that, that's spelled S E P T I E N G R O U P, right? Exactly. Info at info at the Septian Group or info yeah, the, at Septian. Okay. At the the T H E like the that's the hardest word. Everybody thinks I'm saying V like in victory, but it's T H E the. Well, it says Southern drawl, girl. It must be. But, honey, I'm Cajun, so I'm really from South Louisiana. I can talk like this in two seconds. <laughs> um, um, but the I'm not really from Texas, although I was born in Houston. I was raised all my life in South Louisiana. Um, no kidding. But, my gosh. Yeah, but I, I took many vocal speech therapy lessons not to sound like a Cajun. So, <laughs> so now I can talk like this without an accent, but it's very oh, hard yes. for me. Um, especially when I get around my South Louisiana sorority sisters, um, but I, you know, the hard the 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 website itself. Sorry, the website itself also has an opt in for emailing. But if if they just are, and mine is just Linda at the Septian Group, so um, you can certainly email me too. And yeah, I'm Linda you know, at the Septian Group dot com. Yes. That's it. Is there a corporate number where someone could call and get get quicker Absolutely. service saying, I want to, you know, can you send me a menu of your artists whom I can hire and blah, blah, blah? Oh, absolutely. It's 972-392-2810. Wow. Yeah, we would love that. Thank you so much for that. Now, so... One more one more question here before we go to another commercial break. <clears throat> so is there a secret to auditioning? Uh, and that's kind of priming the pump for 
because you work with America's Got Talent and you have been around uh, American Idol for a thousand years, what do they just judge on the vocal performance where they look at each other and tears come to their eyes and Simon goes, oh my gosh, I didn't expect that. You know, the Paul Potts stuff from Britain's Got Talent and and all the, the, the crazy stories that we see every once in a while. What's the secret to an audition and how can you make yourself stand out? I, that's not a good question. Okay, so so let's talk country music for a second because it's tied into what I'm trying to get you to, to answer. So George Strait, if I was that handsome, I wouldn't have to move a muscle either. I could just stand there and play my guitar and sing just like he does. But Garth yeah. Brooks, not quite as handsome as George Strait. So he he puts in the rock and roll flavor running all over the stage and really getting involved and he was the first one to revolutionize country artists in their performance style i i i, I believe so absolutely do, do you do you tell someone to just stay in their skin almost like jessica simpson's uh, one of her first hits if you remember yeah comfortable in her own skin or she loved herself in her own skin or whatever that was uh-huh uh so so what advice do you give someone How, do they come in and try to be someone that they're not do they settle in on being who they've always been and tie that in with the secret to an audition? Because I know a lot of folks who have extraordinary voices. And when they would go in before the, the panel at American Idol, they never even get one yes, let alone three. So teach us about the inside nuances, the, the intangibles that you think we need to bring to an audition that allows us to stand out in someone's mind. Well, the the first answer I'll tell you is that you have to remember it's a reality show. It's not a talent show. So it is very difficult um, to put that together. What is your reality? So if you do have a compelling story, uh, they need that so that they can get viewers. Uh, a talent show is not enough. Um, used to, when Kelly Clarkson was there, it was more about talent because you did have all those amazing singers. Now, I'm actually a little bit more proud to say it's not just about singers, but it's about branding and style. So if you have, um, we just finished our last set of, of um, auditions and for American Idol, and it, it really was, I watched what they were choosing, and they choose people, first of all, who are almost cocky when they sing, uh, not when they speak. They're very vulnerable when they speak and very kind, but when they sing, they know their stuff. And they have a particular style and sound to their voice that, we, that they can market, because American Idol does try to launch their artist. Um, the voice is great also, but they're more, um, you know, about judges, and that's how Adam Levine revised his career. I mean, his career was not doing really well, and it, it revived, you know, with, uh, with the voice. So those are good things too. But, uh, the American Idol particularly, since ABC bought it, and since they, Katy Perry and Lionel Richie and, you know, the judges are ready to pop, they're doing they're really wanting to find artists who would have a career in music. So I'm proud of saying that. But it is still a reality show. So if you come and if you have, I've been watching who they've chosen. 
And because ultimately, even though I send the people that I would cast, they have the ultimate decision of who that would be. And I look and see, and I'm surprised sometimes thinking, wow, the unfortunate thing is you don't know about that person. They don't have a work ethic, but I, I don't say anything because, hey, who knows? Maybe that's what spurs it on. But then they choose interesting voices that are able to sing just in one genre now. I mean, they're really going more toward allowing an artist to sing originals this year and to see be who they are. So I'm going to be interested to know what what it is that they go for because ABC is doing different than Fox. It's a whole different show. Um, and that, again, the it factor moves, right? That dial moves when it goes to a reality show and how you do it. And not everybody wants their story told all over television. Um, so those people should not be auditioning because they do do that. I mean, you're you're fair game when you're on television. Yes, ma'am. And that leads to <clears throat> one more question. I'm sorry. I appreciate your time, Linda. This is just a, a dream come true for me. You're so uh, wise and uh, my listeners are, are going crazy. So let's talk about song selection. Let's talk about... You know, David Archuleta, one of my buddies, I took him to uh, Afghanistan and Iraq the last time I went. In fact, we need to talk off air oh, about wow. how I can put together a package for a couple of your artists, especially Remington, and I'm just a phone call away. I can take anybody over to the AOR, the area of responsibility, whenever I want. I've actually gone downrange to entertain the troops eight times over the years. I'm really proud of that. Oh, my gosh. But, yes, that's but, amazing. But I took, I took David Archuleta with me. He was season, I believe, 17, American Idol. He took second to David Cook, you know, the, the hit song, right, uh, yeah. This is the Time of Your Life, written by my buddy Reggie Ham. Well, David Archuleta, when we were putting together the show for the troops, you know, he's just this young, impressionable kid, and and he he allowed me to give him some counsel because I'd been in front of the troops before. And yeah. so I, I I called it an evening of music, comedy, and motivational theater. And I would tell a 10-minute story from Chicken Soup or whatever, one of my famous stories, that would uh-huh. tee him up. And then he sang, like, Everybody Hurts Sometime by R.E.M. He sang Bridge Over Troubled Water, just to take us back. But even the Marines had the pucker factor. They're just sitting there going, oh, my gosh, they're fighting the tears. Yeah. And then he came back with a couple of pop tunes where he could move around the stand, you know, the stage. So the choreography of the an order of the tunes in a show matters just like it does in the order of the material we deliver as a speaker. But talk for a moment about about tune selection, song selection. So if you're going to go in for an audition, what kind of a song do you look for that you prepare that you know will stand out in a reality TV show and and hopefully allow you to fill that niche when they're going after television ratings? Well, th- again, that is excellent question because people don't realize what what that means. It's not about singing your favorite tunes. It, it's more about singing the placement in your favorite tunes. You have to realize sometimes the people that are judging you are not uh, Sony Records. This is three people that may not be musicians. You don't know who they are. And so you have to impress them and you have to kind of know thy judges because you're going to have, just like you have to know your audience because you have to impress them in one minute or less. So does that mean that you literally start at the hook 
the chorus? Yes, it does. It means you may just, wow, you know, just from the very beginning, they go, oh, wow, good voice. I mean, I think, you know, so that they at least look up. Because at that point, they have probably heard four million voices. So they're just ready to, all they're doing is trying to eliminate. They're not trying to find. They're trying to eliminate. So they, that pearl of a person that comes in and just says, okay, I'm going to, wherever the meat of the voice is, just like the sweet spot on a tennis racket, you can find that meat. And when we, we spend months finding the right songs that once someone starts, that uh, people just look up and go, oh, crap, that was amazing. You know, that I am, you know, because I have a girl auditioning today on, Janis Joplin for American Idol, and she does that cry, baby, you know, that one. And boy, when she starts off, if that whole room doesn't come up and go, whoa, I mean, that's what we planned, though. We planned a shock factor from the very beginning. Now, not everybody has big belt voices, so what is it that they can do that's pretty cool? You know, maybe it's a scat, uh, 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 you know, just any little thing that causes them, or maybe they beatbox first and then start. Something they've got to do that's different. Now, uh, like I said, American Isle is a little different this year. They are allowing you to play guitar, piano, do originals, anything you want to do. So if you play piano, play guitar really well, one of my other artists made it, which I won't, can't talk about now, but, you know, just because his guitar skills are so amazing, they went bonkers, bonkers. And he's, you know, 15 years old. And so he, they just said, this is it. This is the best thing I've ever seen. You know, they were going crazy. Now, his voice is good, but it's, you know, still puberty for him. So that's what they look for is what is something different that this person has that the next one doesn't. But, Dan, that takes sometimes months to find that song. And that's what Simon Cal always talked about. you got to find the right song. That means we're talking about months to sit and find the right key. And then we may speed that song up or slow it down for that voice because we're just trying to get them in. So if it's too, if they can't sing it that slow, we speed that sucker up and make it even sound different. Or we take like Dalton Rapatoni, he's one of our artists, and he won third in the last American Idol. What we do, you know, you take something like um, um, Music of the Night, Fam of the Opera Song, and he's saying that in rock. That. You know, they've heard so much now, they go, oh, wow, that's interesting, that's cool, I think they'd like that, and he looks like a cool kid, and that'll make our show ratings go up, because everybody's going to like a good-looking kid, and good-looking teen, and that makes their difference. So you just never know. But you have to even costume like an artist. You can't go in there looking like a pedestrian. And so when you go up there already looking like a star, acting like a star, and then picking that first 30 seconds to a minute of a wow factor you know, they usually get the audition. I mean, it's 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 a it's easy. The formula is easy at that point. We just can't always find that that perfect mix, that perfect blend, and that's the hard part. Isn't that interesting? You've, you you know, you talk about your 15 year old artist who had awesome guitar skills. He could shred. I remember going to South by Southwest. I try to hit that music festival in Austin as often as I can. And I remember walking past a honky-tonk, and here's this little 13-year-old, long, blonde-haired kid by the name of Johnny Lang with a three-piece yeah. band just blowing everybody's mind. I stood out there in the freezing cold for at least an hour until they took a break. And I know he's great friends with your son, Remington, but... I couldn't help but just relate to that 13 years of age and he could already just bring it on the guitar and 
And he adds his he's voice amazing. onto that. So absolutely. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, he's okay. he's doing well. Yes, ma'am. I remember going to his concert with your uh, with your you and your boys uh, down yeah. in Dallas. Anyway, Linda, I've got my other guest coming up in just a second, but I uh, I want to go to another commercial break by allowing you to give your contact information out one more time. My personal recommendation of Linda Sept- personal recommendation of Linda Septian is that when you have an opportunity to interact with this extraordinary human being, you become an artist of being alive. Not just standing on a stage and bringing it with a guitar, a piano, and your voice, but an artist of being alive. Linda Septon reminds me of the wonderful words of Jay Stone, who said, The most visible creators I know are those artists whose medium is life itself. The ones who express the inexpressible without brush, hammer, clay, or guitar, their medium is being. Whatever their presence touches as increased life, they see and they don't have to draw. They are the artists of being fully alive. I love you, Linda Septian. You know that. I honor you. My best to your boys. And I just can't wait to see you again in person. Thank you so much for being part of the show. My listeners have gone crazy. And uh, I want everybody to know one more time how to get a hold of you, how to hire your artists for their corporate gigs, for their uh, their shows, if they're producers, and all of the above. Well, first of all, thank you for that expression, too, of artists of being alive. That is everything, to be a leader of your own life. And that's what you want to teach is being a leader, whether or not you're a musician or not. So the medium of being is beautiful. But um, anyway, we'd love to hear from everybody and, you know, just their thoughts and anything. So we're at info at uh, com, and it is uh, S-E-P-T-I-E-N and then we're also at two one at 972-392-2810 or our website it has you know how to get on our mailing list which is worth and, it especially if you're in the we're Dallas doing, we're Sorry, doing go ahead, a yes. big tour this summer uh, of uh, if anybody wants to join us that's an artist it's songwriting and music tour we're going to Cuba Uh, And we're singing there. We're going to Miami, singing there. We're going to uh, New York, L.A., Berlin, and London. And everybody's opened up their doors, and they're just going to be, it's going to be amazing. So anybody wants to join us, come on. That'd be great. You're so amazing. And, yes, Linda Septian has dreams for sale. That's another iconic line or title I would give you as part of your personal brand. So, Thanks, Linda. This is Dan Clark, VoiceAmerica.com, Influencers Channel. Let's go to commercial break. Don't go anywhere. My next guest, think about it. His name is Ken Futch, dear friend. Ken has faced some very difficult situations in life. He has had a mule step on his head, has been attacked by a crazed sow, had his nose flattened by a fisherman's boat paddle while water skiing, and accidentally shot himself in the head with his own gun. The best part is, all of this is true, and now you know why he and I have connected at so many different levels. He's one of the great guys, one of the great speakers on our planet, one of the funniest human beings you'll ever be around. Don't go anywhere. Thanks again, Linda. I love you, and we will talk soon. Let's go to commercial break. Back in a moment. (laughs) 
We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. I just got out of a meeting where the unbelievable Dan Clark was the keynote speaker. He is clearly the most interesting man in the world. He's been into space. He reminded us to think bigger. He's a primary contributor to those chicken soup books. And he inspired all of us to make our lives matter. He taught us how to deal with change like he had to when he had to recover from a paralyzing football injury. Everybody needs to hear his message on leadership and safety and how he turns last place NFL teams into Super Bowl champions. Call this number, 1-800-676-1121 and visit danclark.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Influence is often inherited, but more often created from our actions. The Voice America Influencers Channel brings together those who are creating and leading the way and those who will create the road from nowhere in the future. Being an influencer isn't always about being the most important person in the world. It's about being the most influential person in the world around you. A better manager, a better friend, a better marketer or strategic planner. The Voice America Influencers Channel is about becoming better and earning influence. Be an influencer. Join us today. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop Dan a line via email to Clark at xmission.com. Now back to The Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. 
I just got through interviewing a dear friend of mine, Linda Septian, who's launched and branded icons like Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez, Casey Musgraves, Beyonce, Jessica Simpson, the list goes on and on. And I take a lot of pride in who I package together as my guests on my show each week so that every week is fascinating. I'm glad you listeners have not gone anywhere. The funny thing is, and the intriguing thing is, is that when I read just a quick paragraph about my next guest, Ken Futch, Linda Septian stayed on the phone with me off air and she goes, oh my gosh, I can't wait to hear this interview with Ken. I'm like, what about my needs? You know, why? I mean, I've been sucking up to you for an hour, Linda. Why are you now flattered and amazed by this Ken Futch? But you know what? I've known Ken forever and everywhere he goes, he's one of those guys who walks into a room and people stop and say, who is he? What does he do? And why should I listen to him? It's pretty incredible. Let me just familiarize you a little bit more with who this amazing human being is. Ken went from washing windshields at his dad's service station to leading a combat platoon in Vietnam. From being the top revenue producer in a group of 6,000 AT&T salespeople to becoming one of only 300 speakers internationally recognized as a certified speaking professional. And in 2014, Ken was inducted into the National Speakers or Professional Speakers Hall of Fame. His book, Take Your Best Shot, focuses on turning situations into opportunities. And today, I want to just pick your brain, brother, about your book, but more importantly, about your life story and why all those years ago when you and I met, we had instantaneous karma, instantaneous chemistry, and uh, I've loved and respected you ever since. Ladies and gentlemen, the famous, the amazing, the amusing Ken Futch. How are you, brother? Oh, I'm doing great, particularly after such a fantastic introduction there. Well, I'm glad I, to hear about myself. You're so funny, man. So let's go all the way back. So let's just start with why you became a professional speaker. What happened in your life? Tell us this story that is one of the most intriguing slash amusing adventure <laughs> stories I've ever heard or anyone will ever hear. Take us back to that, that fateful day. It was a Saturday afternoon, and I just moved into my new home in Atlanta, and I was seated on the edge of the bed talking to my wife. And for no real reason, I reached over and picked up a little Saturday night special, which I kept on the nightstand for protection case some varmint to break in my home. As I picked the pistol up, I picked it up by the barrel, with it pointed directly towards my face. As I did, my wife said, you sure the safety's on that gun? And she said that, I turned to look towards her. And when I did, I heard the gun go off. Well, I didn't feel a thing. But since it was pointed directly towards my face, I thought I might be in some trouble. I'd heard of people catching their arms and saws and cutting them off and not even knowing it from shock. So I jumped up and ran to the mirror, look in, see what I'd done. And when I did, I saw this hole in the side of my face, which <laughs> tended to upset me. But when I saw another hole on my temple on the other side, I knew it was dead. So I just stood there waiting to die, wondering if everyone felt that way right before we died. I'd always heard that your life flashes in front of you right before you die. 
Now I was sort of looking forward to that because a couple things I like to catch again. <laughs> well, the blood began to flow out of my nose, out of my mouth, like somebody had turned on a water spigot. Well, if I thought, well, if I don't die from the blast, surely I'm going to bleed to death. I knew I couldn't put a tourniquet around my neck. So I turned to my wife. I said, call an ambulance. I'm hurt bad. She was screaming, but she was able to call an ambulance. I sat down on the bed to pray. Knew I didn't have time for a long prayer, but I knew <laughs> I needed to pray. So I jumped up and ran to the bathroom to look at another mirror, try to get things from a new perspective. <laughs> things had not changed. My wife came in, gave me a towel. I wrapped around my head. Got to thinking, well, I, I just bought this new house. If I don't die, there is no need to ruin it. I may as well go outside and bleed in the yard. <laughs> so I ran down the stairs, sat down in the driveway. Then I remember I didn't have my blue cross blue shield card. So I ran back upstairs to get it, ran back down, sat back down in the driveway. Then I heard a siren. I thought it was an ambulance. Nope, it was the deputy sheriff. I thought, oh my gracious, if I die, they might get my wife a murder, or they might write me up for suicide, and my mother wouldn't like that. So but explain to the deputy what happened. So take him upstairs, give him the pistol, tell him the story, run back down and sip it down the driveway. Then I got thinking, just running up and down the stairs bleeding like this probably isn't very wise. Well, finally, <laughs> the ambulance arrived, and they put me inside, and they started an IV in my hand. I, I felt a little better now. At least that's something flowing in as well as flowing out. <laughs> the only thing I could think of was get me to the hospital, put me to sleep, go to work on me, fix me up, let me wake up in a room with flowers and candy and gas. I wanted out. Well, to get to the first hospital and back up to the platform, open the doors, this man looks at me, oh, we can't handle him. We don't have a neurosurgeon. I guess we ought to take him in anyway. I thought, my God, they go argue about it. Finally, they rolled me aside and everybody came up to me. How'd you do it? Let's humiliate and shoot stuff in the head. You don't want to tell just everyone. <laughs> Finally, the doctor came in and looked at me and said, oh, we cannot handle him here. Take him down to Atlanta West and have him alert a neurosurgeon. So they package me back up, and away I go. I get to the next hospital. They take me aside. They're very sanitary there. They gave me a little cup to spit in. And said, sir, we need to take you down to the x-ray room. I said, that makes sense. To roll in the x-ray room, sorry, hold your head this way, this way, this way, this way. Now, sir, if you step over here, we'd like to get a chest x-ray. <laughs> I said, look, I, I, I'll do anything you folks ask. I said, but my chest is fine. It's my head. What's in a bind? They said, sir, it's our standard procedure. We get a chest x-ray of everyone that comes in. I said, fine. Stepped up, got my chest x-ray, crawled back up on the stretcher, and then rolled me back in the emergency room. Doctor came in, looked at me, saw, said, "Sir, said, have you um, had a tetanus shot recently?" I said, "No." He gives me a tetanus shot. He leaves. Then they bring the X-rays back in and hang them on the wall. N nobody's looking at them. people just walking by. I'm stopping. Excuse me. Can y'all read these things? Well, they just ignored me. Finally, the doctor reappeared, looked at the X-rays, turned to the nurse, and said, "Cancel the neurosurgeon." and get an eye-ear-nose specialist and take him to the room. Well, I like that about counseling the neurosurgeon, but I was so very apprehensive as to what this eye-ear-nose specialist was going to do to me in this room. So to roll me out, put me in this elevator, 
take me up to the floor, take me to the room, put me in this bed. It looked like a regular patient room to me. In came this woman dressed in white, had this little pad. I thought she was a nurse. She said, when was the last time you were in the hospital and where? I said, when I was 13 at the Pender Memorial. Spell that, please. P-E-N-D-E-R. Go ahead. I refused to spell memorial. I felt like if she worked in the hospital, she ought to be able to spell it. So what type of pain are you experiencing? I thought about it. It, it still hadn't hurt. I said, soreness. What? No, that's, that's funny. Soreness. S-O-R-E-N-E-S-S. <laughs> looked at me, looked at the pad, looked at me and back at the pad. She said, I thought your name was Futch. I said, oh, my gracious. She said, you sleep with one pillow? Did you sleep with two? I sleep with two. You take a tub bath, you take a shower. I said, I take a shower. Did you have any problem hearing? I said, I didn't before that gun went off. <laughs> Do you have any problem sleeping at night? I said, I didn't last night. I don't know about tonight. That's well, funny. at that point, I refused to answer any more questions. When a doctor finally arrived the next afternoon, came in and such a very fortunate individual. It appears that the bullet has passed through your sinus cavities, through your nose, underneath your eyes, bypassing your optical nerve, your facial nerve, your brain, and out through the side of your head, sort of through a hollow space, which my <laughs> wife has never let me live down. I told the doctor, I said, aren't I ruined? Don't I need some kind of plastic surgery? So I noticed we found that a bullet wound a very sterile injury. All we normally do is to take a rod and go through and clean out the debris. I said, not through my head, you're not. <laughs> he said, no, they won't do you through your head. I said, Doc, when, when can I go back to work? Oh, you can go back to work tomorrow. I said, no way. I'm just as weak as I can be. He said, just trauma, nothing wrong with you. So nurse, take that gauze off and put them two Band-Aids on. So with no medication and one tetanus shot and two Band-Aids, I was on my way. Well, the Atlanta Journal of Constitution found out about it, did a big story on it. The Associated Press picked it up, and that took it nationwide. And then everyone's favorite magazine found out about it. Star Magazine? I'm sure you're familiar with them. See them in the grocery stores. Carry such wonderful articles as woman has alien baby, stories like that. They called me up and said, Mr. Fudge, we'd like to do a story on you. I said, all right. He said, you got a copy of the x-ray? I said, a copy of the x-ray? What, what would you want with a copy of the x-ray? Go put the paper. I said, it'd be sort of difficult to read, wouldn't it? He said, we're going to put it in the paper. All right. So he came out to my house. Do you have the x-ray? Here's the x-ray. He said, where did the bullet go through? I knew he couldn't read it. I said, it went in here, came out here. He turned to my wife, said, do you have any cardboard or construction paper? She gives him a sheet, he takes some scissors, turns off a narrow strip, takes the x-ray, turns it over, takes the strip to the back of the x-ray, and then holds up to the light and takes a picture of it. Well, this is a darn looking hole through my head you've ever seen. So the next <laughs> month, with Farrah Fawcett and Charlie's Angels on one page, there I was on the next with big captions saying, Man shoots himself ahead and lives. But I thought the whole article was put in the proper perspective by another story down at the bottom of the same page of mine which read, Hen lays eggs that are blue. <laughs>
<laughs> with your picture. Got other freaks on the same page. <laughs> That's sort of the the essence oh, what happened at that time. I did. It, it did make obviously some um, life changing things go on in my life. I had previously thought upon my surviving the jungles of Southeast Asia and returning to the land we call the Big PX, that I would live an average number of years. What I found out, there's no such thing as an average number of years. None of us have any idea as to how much time we have left. And the greatest impact it had on me is how I spend my time and my relationship with others. When my son was about seven years old, he came downstairs on Halloween night and said, Dad, you come upstairs, help me carve a pumpkin. Son, I love to, but I don't have a time. I got to finish this report. As he walked away, I said to myself, if this were the last chance I ever had to carve a pumpkin with my son, would I do it? I said, hold on a second there, Kenny. I think I can help you carve that pumpkin. I viewed mm-hmm. I was given one more chance to do something else with my life. But to really think about it, each day that we get up, we all are given one more chance. Now, another learning point I got from my accident was to be a little bit more tolerant of other people who make mistakes. I used to laugh at an old girlfriend of mine who cut the end of her nose off, shaving under her arm. <laughs> you tell me you're supposed to shave down. <laughs> what I learned, just because you do something stupid doesn't make you stupid. Uh, Without a doubt, that Saturday afternoon, as I was looking in that mirror, it was the darkest time of my life. Because in my mind, I knew it was over with. It was like, how do you fall? As I stood there looking in that mirror, I was completely engulfed with two emotions. First one was a fear, which I think is the normal human response to death, the dying, the unknown. And then I had another equally strong emotion, and that was one of complete humiliation. I mean, what a stupid way to die. Here I am, a Vietnam veteran, accidentally shooting myself in the head. You can't get much dumber, a way to go. <laughs> but what started as a tragedy ended as a destiny. Because you see, in the speaking profession, as in any competitive business, one of the things required is to differentiate yourself from your competition. Now, I'm not saying you've got to shoot yourself in the head, but it works for me. <laughs> You are so funny. You remind me the other day I'm on an airplane and we hit so much turbulence. I mean, brutal, violent turbulence. People are saying the rosary. People are screaming and holding on. And as professional speakers, you know exactly what I'm going to say. While they're freaking out, I'm thinking, you know what? If we crash and I survive, my speaker's feet triples. This is going well. You know how that goes. So let's go to a commercial break here for a second, Ken. You are so fascinating. This is Dan Clark, VoiceAmerica.com on the Influencers Channel. And my my guest that you've been listening to is Ken Futch. And Ken has faced some very difficult situations in life, not just shooting himself in the head with his own gun. But as I said in the preamble before I even brought him on the show, Ken has had a mule step on his head. I want to hear the details. Has been attacked by a crazed sow. I want to hear the details. Had his nose flattened by a fisherman's boat paddle while whitewater, I mean, while water skiing. Sounds like my junior prom date. 
Let's go to commercial break. Don't go anywhere. I want to talk to Ken about his book, Take Your Best Shot. And as a Hall of Fame professional speaker, I'm definitely going to give you an opportunity to know how to get a hold of him, to bring him in as a keynote speaker to your corporation and your association, which I highly recommend. How to get a copy of his book, Take Your Best Shot. But I'm curious about what your bottom line message is as a keynoter, because I know that you were Toastmasters International Humor Champion. You're just naturally funny with that Southern drawl and your stories. But I just want to kind of package it up after this commercial break so that everybody knows how extraordinary you are, Ken, why I admire and love you so much, and most importantly, how they can get a hold of you. Dan Clark, let's go to a commercial break. We'll be back in a minute. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Life is complicated and sometimes we all need a little help, but don't have the time for a full hour-long session or don't know who to turn to. That's where BetterHelp comes into play. With BetterHelp, I can get matched with one of over 2,500 licensed and approved counselors and therapists and get help anytime, anywhere, totally private. For a flat weekly fee starting at $35, I can connect with my counselor via text, chat, video conference, or phone, which is great for me because I'm always on the go. And I can go back to previous sessions whenever I want through my secure account from anywhere in the world. It's a great feeling to know that help is there, affordable, private, and convenient to my schedule. We all can use a little help. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash VA health and register for free. You can try it for seven days without being charged on your credit card and get matched with a licensed counselor usually within 24 hours. Get better help today at betterhelp.com forward slash VA health. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to Clark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. And here I am with my friend and colleague Ken Futch out of Atlanta, Georgia. How do, people, how do people get a hold of you to come in as a professional keynote speaker to, uh, to entertain and to inspire their people in a corporate or association event? Tell us how to, how to join your tribe and how to find you. Several ways. Uh, Ken at KenFutch.com is obviously um, a great way to do it. And if and you want to talk that's, immediately that's to me, call me at 770-939-6200 or on my cell at 404-226-1131. Always ready. And that's Get back Ken with Futch. you immediately. And that's Ken Futch, K-E-N-F-U-T-C-H. 
That's correct. Okay. If you T-C-H, it's uh, pronounced like Dutch. Fudge. Okay. Starts with S. Okay, so let's backtrack a little bit. So how in the world does a mule step on your head? Come on, baby. <laughs> well, I've gone out to with my next-door neighbor uh, to... His father had a nursery about 11 miles outside of a little town, and they had a little barn back there, and the people living there had some mules on the property in the barn. So uh, I told my friend Thomas, I told me, let's ride that, let's ride that mule. The little boys live there said, you, uh, you don't want to ride that mule. That's a mean mule. I said, I'm not scared of no mule. Bring him on out here. So they brought him out. I didn't have a saddle or anything, just a bridle. And I hopped up on him and kicked him to the side, and away he went. Well, they were right. He was a mean mule. He would stop, go down on all fours, then try to roll over on top of you. Well, when he'd go down on all fours, I'd hop off. And when he'd roll over, I'd hop back on, I'd ride him again. Well, this was working pretty well, and then for no real reason, he just stops. But I could kick him and nothing. And so I'm used to eating grass. I was only 10 years old, and finally I said, this is no fun sitting on a mule watching him eat grass. And so I hop off and stand there holding the reins, waiting for one of the boys who lived there to take the mule back to the barn. And then all of a sudden, the mule turned around and looked at me, and funny looking. I didn't like the way he was looking at me, and I thought to myself, well, mule, you stay here. I'm going to go back up to the house. Well, I had moved about 20, 30 feet away towards the house, and he sees that I'm gone and, and starts coming after me. So the race was on. Well, it, it, it's hard to outrun a mule, I'll just be honest with you. And uh, he caught me in no time at all and ran into me with his head, knocked me in a mud puddle, then ran across me, and his first step was on my head. Well, <laughs> my first thought was, Mother just got this new shirt for me, and she's going to kick my butt, all this mud on it. Second thing was, I better... My head hurts, but I better get to that house before that mule circles around and comes at me again. <laughs> so I got to the porch and put my hands on the porch, and blood was everywhere. And I put my hand on my head, and when I did it, it went straight to my skull because I'd been scalped. The whole, all of my scalp was mm. hanging over one ear. And mm. about this time, the, my friend's father picks me up and puts me in the back seat of his um, 1952 two-ton green Ford and with ice on, horn blaring, his grandfather driving it rushed me back into my little town of Burgall and my father had a service station he came out and I'm in the man's arms and, and he said, well, is he dead? I said, no, daddy, I ain't dead. So they <laughs> take me to the hospital and sew me up and 50 some stitches, I think it was, in my head and I was supposed to attend a, not, I was supposed to attend a wedding of my uncle that day and I get home with my bandage and look like I'd had brain surgery. And my mother, who was ironing my shirt at the moment, turns around and says, Mama, I'm not going to the wedding, and she out like a light. Um, but it, there were some benefits to having that happen. I got a week off from school, and then after I got back to school, when the teacher wasn't looking, I would expose the, remove the bandage and show all of the Young girls in my class quickly a peek and it would just terrify them and they'd scream and then I'd act like I had done nothing wrong. Anyhow, I so found cool. opportunity in the negative situation. 
And because this is a radio show, you got to visualize this, listeners. Ken Futch is actually a really handsome man, so you must have spent a fortune on the best plastic surgeon in America because you're getting kicked and stepped on by a mule and having your your face flattened, your nose flattened by a fisherman's boat <laughs> paddle, and then getting shot and shooting yourself in the head and not having anybody see the ram, you know, the the, the ramifications from that. I want to meet your plastic surgeon, man. He's a gen- He's a definite genius, and maybe well, he could he, do he, some. He's rich, he could, that, cause I spent all my money with him. Oh yeah, and I, I I'm holding out. You know, I need I need liposuction and a tummy tuck from the neck down, but maybe I can call your boy to help me look more like Brad Pitt on the on the neck up. Yeah, I have okay, so, uh, you know, like a frequent flyer plan with him, and I got some points so I can give you. <laughs> You're so funny. Can our time remaining, brother? Let's talk about your book quickly. Take your best shot. What is your bottom line message? If if you were gonna, if I'm gonna hire you as a keynote speaker, what what are my people gonna leave the the convention center believing or experiencing from you? Well, my book is really about taking advantage of opportunities. Is the second part of the title is turning situations into opportunities. I think when people buy my book, one of the Normal comments I get back from folks is to say they it's impossible to read the book without re-looking at their own life and being aware of the many of the opportunities they'd walked by and didn't see at the time. And they are, you know, I tell people in my talks that um, opportunities are endless, but but time is limited. And the the secret is is making sure that we're taking seeing the opportunities first and then being willing to take advantage of them. And knowing how to take advantage of them. So that's sort of a thrust of the book, showing people how to take advantage of the opportunities that many people completely are oblivious to. I, I mentioned about the fact that most people, when you ask them if you have many opportunities in life, and they say, well, no, not really, just a couple. And, and the reason I believe they don't think, see the opportunities is that they only think of the major Opportunities like a, I don't know, entrance exam, a final exam, a job interview, and they don't realize how many minor opportunities that they walk by every day, small conversations, opportunities to speak up, small sales presentations, we build on that help us get to a large opportunity. It's by taking advantage of a small opportunity, or what I call minor opportunities, that lead to the major opportunities. So that's sort of a a little bit of an overview, and I, I, I really like, I focus a lot on uh, taking advantage of failures. Uh, one of my greatest gifts in life is I have been blessed with a lot of failures. Um, give you an example, because I know your background is uh, uh, in football. I sort of had the opposite uh, football success. I, I played on a high school football team. We won the first game my freshman year, been lost every other game for the entire year. We lost every single game my sophomore year. We lost every single game my junior year. We lost all the three games my senior year. You didn't tell me, you didn't tell me, Don. You didn't tell me, you didn't tell me Don Knotts was your quarterback and Helen Keller was playing middle linebacker, man. When are we going to hear that side of the story? They would have done a little better, I think. But we... We lost to our greatest rivals, the Wallace Rose Hill Bulldogs, by a score of 88 to nothing. The <laughs> halftime score was 55 to nothing. Now, that's a, I basketball, be that's a basketball score, brother. What are you doing? 
blamed for the loss in that game because I sat on the bench. I was not as good as the other players. <laughs> I never will forget, at halftime, we broke to go into the locker room. The coach refused to come in there with us. No, I'm not good at it. <laughs> when we came out for the second half, even though it was homecoming, there was absolutely no cheering on our side of the field. However, on the Bulldog side, a chant had begun. We ain't won 100. We ain't won 100. We ain't won 100. The Bulldogs, however, did not achieve their objective that night because they faced an obstacle they did not even know they had. You see, my father was official timekeeper for the game. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. And he was a good Methodist. He forgot that he was to be a role model for his son, and he gave in to temptation. Second half, that clock did not stop. Out of bound plays, incomplete <laughs> passes, touchdown. That clock rolled on. Everybody there that night saw time flying. My father <laughs> saw an opportunity. So, I t- there are great things that can come of having failures, and it's what how you see it and what you make of it. And I really believe when I work with executives and things on the need to let people know they don't see themselves as perfect. If, you, if all our speaker does is to share their successes, it turns off most of the people in the audience. People will identify more with our failures than they ever will with our successes. And that's why I think so many people's favorite story about Michael Jordan, who was one of my heroes, we grew up in the same area, went to the same school and stuff, is that he was kicked off his high school basketball team his sophomore year because he didn't have enough talent. That's what they said. Now, more people can identify with being told that they aren't good enough than ever can identify with being named athlete of the century. So when we only talk about our successes, there's a tendency of the people we are around to say, so what? And talking about how we can gain and come through our failures, I believe resonates better with most people. I love it. So let's take a couple of minutes here and talk. uh, Let's talk Turkey. Okay. So if you're going to teach someone, a sales professional, a speaker, how to connect with the audience, and you're one of the very best in our business, do you have any tips, any tricks of the trade? You just, what, in, using my words, but this is what I heard you say, is that we have to be ordinary before we're extraordinary. We have to connect with them. People don't relate to our perfections if we even have any. They relate to our imperfections. They don't give a rat's walk a zoodle if we've ever succeeded. They want to know, Ken, did you ever fail? Did you ever f- fall down? And then what did you do about it? That's what you're saying, right? Right. And, you know, we hear it said in so many ways, you know, you, one needs to be authentic. You need to be real. Well, I've never bet, met anyone who said, well, you know, I'm pretty much of a phony. I, I, I'm not really at all. I've never met anybody who would say that about themselves. But we've all known people that we would say that about them. And, and so what we don't want is for people to perceive us that way. And by being willing to admit that we have a few flies on us, that we aren't perfect, and let folks know that we're willing to share that, yeah, we've had some failures. And I, I think it's so important in so many situations. Let's take it, uh, a work example. If somebody's in there and they, they, their leader, their boss, their supervisor is willing to 
admit sometimes in their life that they struggled. This person may say, you know, I, um, I'm, I'm not as good as Clyde, but, you know, I had no idea he went through that when he started. Maybe I, maybe I ought to hang in here a little while longer. Maybe there is something that I can bring to the party. And so when people see that we have lived through things and have succeeded in other ways, it, it gives people hope that they, too, can rise above not even, even being less than ordinary in their minds at times. So we've got to give a person an opportunity to know that they're not that much different from us in certain things. People have to have some level of hope and be able to see themselves moving on. Um, when somebody only talks about their successes, it really becomes a barrier to the person listening. So... As we talked about with Linda Septian, the first guest on the program, I talked about the it factor, that some people have it. They've been tapped out for a reason. We either have it or we don't. You can't train it. You can't teach it. You either have it or you don't. But I also believe, brother, and I know you're a man of faith, and you know I'm a man of faith. We we both agree that things happen for a reason. My addendum to that is, Things happen for a reason, but it's our responsibility to determine what that reason is. And that sounds to me like the theme of your book, Take Your Best Shot, focuses obviously on turning situations into opportunities. As we wind down and only have a couple of minutes, consolidate your message, brother. How how can we better look for our opportunities? How do we know their opportunities? Um, when something happens, do you have a system where you say, wait a minute, why did this happen? What am I supposed to learn from it? You know, once we answer why, figuring out the how-to is pretty simple. Teach us in a, in a couple of minutes if you have any kind of a consolidated secret sauce that would allow us to really do what you're so famous for, and that is looking for the opportunities and change. One of the things I think is key is to always be looking for the value in something. Uh, where is, in any situation, what be it bad, or be it good, where's the value of this situation? Is it any value in it for me? Is it value in it for the other person? Do If I add something to it, does that make it value? And, and realizing that we aren't the ones many times that determines value, it's the, it's, our, it's the customer who determines the value. And so we want to find a way to make ourselves more valuable. And we can look at a, a situation and see the value of what, what could have been done. I went into, like, until I went into one of our upscale hotels to meet a client for lunch. The client was late, and I thought, well, got some extra time, I'll get my shoes shined. Well, started shining my shoes, and this woman kept looking at me. She said, excuse me, anybody ever tell you that you look like Bill Murray? I thought, well, a couple of people have. She said, he sure is ugly. <laughs> so I, I'm not saying you're ugly, but he sure is. I thought to myself, well, she's not only saying I'm ugly, but stupid too. But the longer I sat there, I began to smile. Because I realized the business I was in, this was material I can use. (laughs) (laughs) She saw Bill Murray look-alike. I saw an opportunity. I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, the famous, the amazing Ken Futch, a Hall of Fame professional speaker, an earner of the highest earned designation in professional speaking. He's a certified speaking professional. 
throw my two cents in there. I feel honored to be part of your those two fraternities as I join you in that. And among professional speakers, you are at the top of the, the food chain, brother. We love you. I honor you. One more time, how can people get a hold of you? Ken Futch, and my name is spelled F-U-T-C-H. That's KenFutch.com, Ken at KenFutch.com, or call me at 770-939-6200. And again, take your best shot and hit. Ken teaches us how to turn our situations into opportunities. What a great lesson in life and what a great uh, guest you've been, Ken. I'm going to call you off air. We need to touch base. I love you, brother. I honor you. And you have a great day. Well, the feeling's all mutual. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, brother. This is Dan Clark, voiceamerica.com, the influencers channel. You can find me on danclark.com. Click on receive free gifts and training. Join my tribe. Get a lot of free stuff. Keep in touch. We become the average of the five people we associate with the most, which means we must be willing to pay any price and travel any distance to associate with extraordinary human beings, not just in person, belly to belly, but on the internet, in radio programs like mine. And I challenge you to spread the word. Let's keep increasing the number of guests and, uh, and listeners that we uh, have joining us each week on this program. I love it. I appreciate you. I honor you. Remember our troops and our military families in your prayers. God bless until next week. And this is Dan Clark signing off. Thanks for being part of the show. Be sure to join Dan Clark next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time for another edition of The Art of Significance on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Remember, you too can achieve the level beyond success. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals